This is Angela Bowen, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. How's everyone doing? It's about 10.30 in the morning here. The weather is nice. It's like 65 degrees outside. So another nice day outside, which is awesome. It really, I think the weather and the sun just kind of boosts the mood. But uh, yeah, I definitely learned one thing yesterday is... When it gets hot like this and stuff like that, um, I think as much as I would love to sit in my car on my break, I think it's best during the summer. Maybe I don't do that when it's really hot out. Just, it's not a good idea. I just felt so blah, like sick to my stomach. I just, I didn't, and I was drinking water and stuff. I even bought a Gatorade. And it's just, I gotta be careful. I do not want to have happen what happened last summer. And if you've listened to this podcast for long enough, you know I took a month off back in August into throughout September. Just, I had a scare where I hit my elbow and I just kind of messed things up. I got really dizzy. I almost blacked out. I was went to the emergency room. It was a whole big mess. And, I mean, I didn't hit my elbow or anything this time, but I just felt really, but, uh, I might even go out today and nab some Verners. I actually got some Verners for, uh, my drive home last night, and it felt, it helped settle my stomach. Verners really does that. Um, I might even go out today and get some saltines, just always, you know, keep those on hand. Um, I got these Snyder's sourdough nibblers they're basically sourdough pretzel bites and uh those are really good so i'm gonna see if meyer has those and get some of those so yeah i just i gotta cut down on the pop especially when it's hot out and just try to stick to like gatorade powerade water stuff like that unsweetened tea just yeah but and this is advice to everyone out there if you guys are gonna Stay hydrated if you're going to be outside, if you're a jogger. I mean, you guys, if you're a jogger or walker or what have you, you guys, you know, this is the time you got to stay hydrated. Stuff happens if you aren't careful. It happens really, really fast. So, and also, if you're going to be outside, it's hot out. You're probably going to be wearing, you know, tank tops and short sleeves or whatever, shorts, make sure you're taking care of your skin. Protect your skin. Things happen. So that's just a word of warning. Just, uh, just take care of yourself. All that good stuff. Alright, let's get into today's episode, which I'm covering, which is... Season 4, episode 15, entitled, No, No, We Won't Go. No, No, We Won't. No, it's just, No, No, We Won't Go. (laughs) Which aired on May 17th, 1988. When Margot's father buys the apartment building, Mrs. Johnson can't afford the rent increase he has proposed. Punky, Cherry, and Margot protest the rent increase by going to Margot's father's office and chaining themselves to his desk. Well, that's extreme, but when you're going to protest, I guess you go to the extreme, right? So it says Mrs. Johnson can't afford it. So I'm guessing Henry would be staying on as a building manager. So I'm guessing that Margot's father just buys the building and... Henry's still going to keep his job and still stay there and stuff like that. So it's just a matter of what's going to happen with Betty and Sherry, which is sad to think like, no, we don't want them to leave. No. All right, guys, let's jump into this. All right. So the episode opens in the living room. Henry is flipping through the bills or while he's flipping through the mail, which probably does contain bills. Oh, so I guess the girls are back in school now? <laughs> you can never tell. You can never tell. You know, it always seemed like season one and two, and I think mainly three, you could tell when school was in session because it was just there for a bit, and then, you know, you could tell when they were out of school. But I thought for the most part in seasons one and two, she was in school. Season three and four were, well... 
Season four is a mess as far as for what time of year. I guess she's back in school, so what is she in sixth grade now? <laughs> or it's just a continuous loop of her being in fifth grade. I don't know. Because she was in fifth grade in season three. So what grade is she in? So yeah, Punky comes home. Henry asks Lee how's school. And she's, ah, same. Down this way on Michigan and take a left and what have you. And then Henry's like, well, I was referring to your history exam. Exam? Okay, um... Usually you have tests. Exams are usually, like, big things at the end of the year, right? I'm not sure. Usually when I took exams, it was, like, at the end of the year. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but Punky's like, you know, it's history. It's old. You know, she's kind of casually flipping through a magazine. All right, so I'm going to play this clip. Henry gets a letter that's actually addressed to him because the others all say occupant. And he gets something, he's kind of irritated, he's like, it's times like these I really hate being the building manager, so something's up and I don't think it's good. Rent increase, I believe. I think that's what it is. <clears throat> times like these I hate being the building manager. Uh-oh, whose rent do you have to raise this time? Betty's. Her lease is up and the owner wants a 60% rent increase. Are you kidding me? 60%? How am I ever going to tell her? Hey, <laughs> neighbors. I happen to be in the laundry room, so I thought I'd fold yours too and bring it up. Why, Betty, dear. <laughs> this is wonderful of you. You didn't have to do that. Henry, it was only a fluffy fold. I didn't kickstart your heart. No, really, thank you, both of you. <laughs> well, all I did was store punky socks, which was easy because they don't have to match. <laughs> Nevertheless, I am very grateful, very, 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 very grateful. Has he been hidden in the cooking chair? Henry has something to tell you guys. I got this letter today from the owner of the building. This is rather difficult. Henry, I already know. You do? Sure. My lease is up and I'll have to sign a new one. Let's have it. You may not want to sign it. They're raising your rent. I figured that. I guess I can squeeze out another 10%. Betty, it's more than 10%. 20%? expiring as in she's gonna have to renew 60% is a bunch of garbage if this were an explicit rated e podcast you would hear what I really think that is ridiculous I've never heard something so out there in my life Jeremy's mom actually um, lives at the complex that we all you know when I moved in with them when Jeremy and I got together, um, we all were in a town, I moved in with them, um, they lived in a townhouse, and when Jeremy and I 
came out to live here, she moved into a one-bedroom apartment. So, and that's been about 10 years now. And they've gone through so many different managers now, and they actually make you sign, I don't know how many years on a lease, like at least maybe a couple years or three years or something. But, excuse me, the rent keeps going up every once in a while. It's ridiculous. It's like, I'm sorry, but as far as I'm concerned, rent should be based on income. I don't know. I just, I think it's highway robbery what some renters have to pay for their apartments. I mean, when Jeremy and I first came here, I was looking at apartments and stuff like that. And when I told my sister, you know, Jeremy got the job and everything like that, she was like, okay, that's great. You're looking for apartments? Stay east of Apple Avenue. And I'm like, okay, east of Apple Avenue, she says. So I'm looking, and the apartments we ended up getting, um, they didn't have any two-bedrooms available, so they gave us a three-bedroom at the price of a two-bedroom, which was, but it was still really expensive. It was like, like 760 a month or something like that. But we had only been there... We got it in December of 2007, and uh, we moved in just after the new year. And, let's see, uh, we got the house, and so we had one Christmas there, Christmas of 2008. And then in 2009, we got the house in August, we moved in in October. So we'd been there for a little over a year. And the rent, we would see that kind of go up little by little and stuff like that. But still, I mean, the apartment was really, really nice. You know, uh, three bedrooms, which we just had the master bedroom, which had a really nice uh, full bathroom. Actually, it had two. It had a large one off the master. It also had a walk-in closet. It had another full bath down the hallway. And... Two bedrooms, which one we used as a computer room. The other one was just, like, for storage and stuff like that. So, yeah. Alright, so let's get back to the task at hand here with the episode. Betty comes in and she says, Hey, um, I was doing laundry. I decided to get your blankets cleaned and folded and everything like that. And Henry is just, you know, he was really nervous. When he was reading the letter to Punky, he didn't know, like, how am I going to break this to her? This is a heck of an increase. You know, and he knows that Betty can't afford that. So, he sits Betty down, and she he's like, well, I have something to tell you. And she says, well, I already know. You know, my lease is about to, my lease is up, and I'm set to renew and everything. And he's like, well, there's an increase in the rent. She's like, yeah, 10%, right? Like, I'm sure I could squeeze, like, a little bit extra into the monthly rent bill, and he's like, well, it's a bit more than 10, and Punky and Henry are kind of lifting their thumbs up, and she's like, oh, 20? 30? And they're like, and he's, Henry's like, it's 60%. And she's like, oh, my lord. Because Cherry's like, I feel no my lord coming on. Like, yep. Yeah, you know, Betty can't afford that. I mean, yes, she's a registered nurse. I don't know what she makes by 1988 wage standards. That's not my business, but it definitely isn't enough to afford to stay there. Oh, that, I feel bad for her. You know, she's struggling. You know, she's almost like a single parent. She's been raising Cherry since she was a little girl. You know, kids need stuff. And it's just, you know, trying to keep a roof over their heads, food on the table, all of that stuff by just working one job. And Betty's like, I don't think we can stay here. You know, we might have to look for another place. And as Betty and Cherry leave, Betty's like, oh, well, I should put a lock on the door to keep Henry from evicting us. Well, he's not going to evict you. You know, and Henry even kind of thought, you know, why don't I try to talk to whoever owns the building? Turns out the owner went and sold the property to the CIA, which is... uh. Some, so Mr. Barconi, I guess Punky's like, just call them up. 
And Henry said, well, he doesn't own the building anymore. He sold it. Well, even when Jeremy and I lived at the apartment, I think we saw the manager that we signed the lease with, I think she left after, I think she left that year. And then we would have had a new person. So we'd have to go in and, you know, sign, re-sign on the lease and stuff. So he says he sold it to the CIA, and we kind of get a laugh break here, like, oh, the CIA is in the CIA. Like, no, CIA actually stands for something else. Not what you think. Conglomerate Investor's Assets? That is a really weird name. So Henry says he keeps trying to call the number. He's getting, you know, an answering machine or a voice box or something like that, and it's just got a P.O. box, so it's making it really hard to get a hold of anybody to straighten this out. So here's the thing. Everyone's leases expire at different times because... People come in at different times to get apartments, right? So, how long has this new guy, or business, or whatever, owned the building? This must have, like, just happened. So, if you think about it, other people's rents are going to start coming ex expired and they have to renew. Their rent is going to go up that high. You're going to be losing tenants. No tenant is going to be able to afford a 60 per That's half. It's like what you're paying, and then half of that, add that half onto what you're already paying. That is ridiculous. It's like, why? Are you making improvements to the building itself? No. Are you making anything better? Are you adding additions like a, a, a fitness center, a, a, a pool, or something like that? Or They don't even have parking spaces, really, I don't think, do they? Or carports? I don't know. We've only ever seen the front of the building. We've never seen anything alongside of it. So, who knows? Like, unless you're doing it to make improvements on the building, but even that is an extreme. 60% is a lot. You'd have to be doing a lot of increases, making it worthwhile for the people to want to stay at that apartment. So we're actually back in Betty and Cherry's apartment, and it does look different. Namely, the couch. Remember how I said how nice the couch looked? And everything with a nice floral blueprint? This, I thought, this couch looks familiar. I rewound it. It's the same exact couch as Punky and Henry's couch. It looks just like it. Why did they get rid of her couch? Okay, my bad, guys. <laughs> I thought that was Betty and Jerry's apartment. It's not. They're in Henry and Punky's apartment. When it took me a second, I'm like, wait a minute. There's a dog statue thing on the coffee table. Oh, there's a chair over by the closet door. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. It's dawning on me. <laughs> this isn't their apartment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Brain fart. I just, I saw the couch. I'm like, wait a minute. But then I started seeing other things. Like, okay, okay, I got it. Okay. So in the next scene, Betty and Cherry are kind of going over um, a budget as far as what she brings in and what they spend on what bills. And I want to play this clip. You know, Cherry's worried, like, isn't there any way we can kind of squeeze it? 60% is a lot, sweetie. I don't, that's almost half of what you're already paying now. And I don't know how you're going to be able to cut anything because Betty's probably scrimping as it is as far as, you know, you got to have electricity, you got to have water, you got to have food on the table, you got to have clothes on your back. I mean, what, I mean, those are your main necessities, um, you know, and expenses, stuff like that. But what is the, like, they don't, I'm sure that they might not have cable. I don't know. They don't go out to rock concerts. They don't go out to eat all the time, I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't know. But I want to play this clip. Cable. 
can't but keep your money. I need a lot more than forty-seven dollars. Hello, people. Margo's here. Hold the applause. Why so glum? Sure, and her grandma might have to move out of the building. Congratulations. <laughs> well, don't you want to live someplace better? I'm afraid if we have to move, it'll be someplace worse. Worse than this? Is that possible? found out who this building really belongs to. Good. Who are the blood-sucking thieves? Uh, I'll tell you later. Tell me now. All right. If you insist. Conglomerate Investors Associates and this building are owned by Benjamin J. Kramer. Margot's father? Small world, isn't it? <laughs> this is terrible. It sure is. I had no idea Daddy was a slumlord. Don't <laughs> talk to your father about this. Now, wait a minute. I can't interfere in Daddy's business. But you have to do something. All right. I'll go shopping. <laughs> speak to my father about this. But if you ask me, this whole situation is your own fault. Our fault? Yes. If you were smart, you would have been born wealthy. <laughs> oh, Margo, guys, we're going to get to that in just a second. But Punky comes in with her piggy bank. She's like, I got 47 bucks saved up here. I was going to get a satellite dish. So they don't even have cable, which isn't surprising because you know how much Henry is a penny pincher. He would not ever spring for cable. And speaking of cable, um, does many people even have cable anymore? I know we, we have um, dish right now. And I'm kind of been kind of inkling with Jeremy about possibly cutting the cord on that because for what we're paying for a month, how often are we not watching the television? We're usually on Hulu. We have Netflix and Amazon Prime. It's like for what we're paying for them, we're say I mean, we could, you know, cut cable and we could be saving like a hundred bucks a month. Jeremy even got that package for the hockey channel. I can't remember the last time that he watched a hockey game. Granted, guys, I'm sorry if, um, I, uh, burping whatever is catching into the microphone. I really apologize. I've been drinking. I've been drinking pop. I know, I know. I said I gotta cut it out. Um, it, I do have quite a bit saved up on the DVR, like some movies, uh, some of the Disney Channel movies that I remember when I was a teenager, like um, Brink and some other ones that aren't, you know, they're not available and stuff. Smart House, that's another one. And just some other things that I taped, er, taped, God, look at me, I'm talking like I'm back in the late 90s, that I recorded for the, from the DVR that are on there, and it's just, I don't know, I mean, a hundred bucks to save is quite a bit of money, that could go towards something else, so we're thinking, I'm gonna kind of bring it up again closer, I think when summer comes to an end, I think we're maybe gonna revisit this idea, but anyway, um, Betty tells Punky, honey, save your $47, all right? You earned that. This increase is a lot more than your $47. And Betty's even saying, like, you know, yeah, we could sublet the apartment and live in the bathroom, you know, bring in another fan. You know, she's joking, of course. And Sherry's like, oh, I can brush my teeth in the bathroom and I can brush my teeth in bed. Like, eh, no, 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 that's not an idea. It's not good, guys. It's not good at all. And, of course, Margot comes over, and she's like, oh, why is everyone so depressed? And Betty's like, I'm thinking we might have to move. And, of course, Margot being Margot is like, oh, congratulations. You're finally leaving. Like, it's not by choice. She doesn't want that. That's more of a, 
you don't have a choice, not a, I'm happy to be moving out of this apartment. And Margo's like, oh, you can finally get some better place. And Betty's like, well, if we do move, it's not going to be any better. It's probably going to be a lot worse. You're going to get into a crappy neighborhood where bad stuff happens. Uh, just, ugh. Yeah, so Henry comes back, and he says he knows who actually now owns the building. He says, we'll talk about it later. Betty's like, no, I want to I wanna know now. Tell me now. And Henry's like, all right. Um, the building is owned by Benjamin Kramer. And they all turn their heads and glower. They glare at Margot like, this is your fault. You did this. Or at least your dad did this. And Punky and Sherry like, Margo, you got to talk to your dad about this. And she's like, I can't interfere in daddy's business. And she's like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go shopping. And Punky and Sherry are just looking at her like, are you kidding me right now? You're kidding me, right? Of course, she's self-centered. Margo's always going to think of herself. Um, but she does kind of turn back to them, like, all right, I'll talk to him. Like, see what I can do. Like, you can try. You can try. That's all you can do. But why that building? Why not a di Well, that's not really fair, is it? You can't say, oh, why this building? Go after another building and do the same to other people. Like, um, Little House on the Prairie. Remember the, the movies that came out? I forgot. Look, was it Look Back to Yesterday? Or bless all the dear... One of them... It might have been Look Back to Yesterday. You know what? I'm going to look it up. I'm sorry. Look Back to Yesterday has to deal with Albert's blood disease. Anyway, The Last Farewell is the one that I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> if you guys have seen Little House on the Prairie, which you probably have, this is one of the last movies where they do blow up the town of Walnut Grove. While Charles and Caroline are visiting Walnut Grove, the townspeople learn that a land development... Tycoon has acquired title to all the land in Hero Township, which is where they live, Walnut Grove. They are inspired by Laura to vent their anger at this justice. Oh, here's another one. In the series finale, the town of Walnut Grove is revealed to have been built on land owned by a railroad tycoon. Citizens deal with the loss of their town and lifestyles, and some decide how best to respond to this explosive event. The citizens blow up the town, which leads to an emotion-filled finale. Yes, it does. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I was going on saying as the citizens of Walnut Grove, they blow up the town, and then other towns kind of go by and say, hey, if you do this to our town, you try to buy it, we're going to do the same thing. Like, you'll have the land, but you're not going to have anything on it. None of the buildings, everything we've worked for, it's going to be gone because that belongs to us. So, that's kind of what I was referring to us, and they can't really, you know, me saying, oh, why them, why not someone else, because that's not really fair to other people. Why anybody at all? Why not just buy property, build it up, but even then, 60% is insane. It's insane. Unless you're making a, it's a, a ritzy, where it's got to have a keycard entry to it and stuff like that, then... And you want only wealthy people to live there. Like, these people are well-to-do people. They're earning a living. They're taking care of families. They're doing all of that. And you want to exploit that by increasing their rent to an astronomical amount. Shame on you, Kramers. Shame on you both. Although Margo hidden. Well, we're going to learn Margo's involvement, involvement in this whole thing, too. So Margo leaves, and Punky and Cherry are just kind of shaking their heads like, what did we ever see in this girl? This is just not cool. She's messing with their lives! Her father is messing with their lives! Their futures! Their future together. Alright, now we get an outside shot of a skyscraper, or uh, a building where Margo's dad works. We see a door that says Benjamin J. Kramer on it. And as you'll see in this episode, her father is played by a blonder, taller man, not like the short, stocky, dark-haired, balding man who would later go on to voice Pumbaa from The Lion King. 
talking about grubs, eating grubs, singing Hakuna Matata, and having problems with flatulence. Okay, this guy just reeks shadiness. He's got a mustache, he's got the mini mullet blonde hair. You can tell that this guy is eventually going to start to lose his hair down the road. Give it another at least five to ten years, the guy's going to start, but... Uh... So where's the mention of her brother Bradford? Because in season one, yes, Punky, there is a Santa Claus. Henry mentioned you have a little brother named Bradford. <laughs> so Mr. Kramer hugs Margot. He's like, oh, he takes a look at Henry. Like, oh, I didn't know you had a new driver. Like, um, no, I'm Henry Warmont. I own the, I manage the building that you now own. So I want to play this clip. not a new driver. This is Punky's father. And of course, Mr. Kramer has no idea who Margot's friends are. She, he does not know like who she hangs out with. Like, so Margot has to remind her, remind him like, Oh, it's uh mismatched shoes. Dress is terrible. Doesn't make as much as us. And then he's got to make 
sly comment, like, sweetheart, no one makes as much as we do. Everyone lives, unfortunately. They live below the poverty line, and we don't. This guy is a slime ball times a billion. He is a creep and a crook in my eyes. Oh, well, Margo says less fortunate than us, and he says everyone's less fortunate than us, dear. And Margo is just, I see where she gets her attitude of snobbiness from, from that guy. But then again, her mother's no saint either. If she does have a brother, I can only imagine what piece of garbage child that they're raising. Because look at Margot. I mean, you got to chip away at all of that to get some partial semblance of a human being. I'm sorry to be bagging on Margot, but like I've said in the past, Margot really does not have any real redeeming qualities that I like as a character. In fact, I want Pumbaa back. Get her Pumbaa father back. Ernie something or other from season one. That guy at least was nice. He was polite. He, I mean, his wife was running the show. Not this guy. So, Margot's father actually lets her play the stock market. As she says, you know, with play money... Although, that's what they refer to, you know, the money he gives her. Real money, of course, as play money. Like, oh, here's some play money. My play money. My stock went up, like, three points or something. Like, that's illegal. You can't let a child play the stock market. Granted, uh... So, she's got some shopping to do, doesn't she always, to go uh, before she meets her mother. And... Mr. Kramer has got a lot of, like, these old fancy cash registers about his office. And he, like, pushes a button on one which pops the drawer out. And he's like, oh, you need some spending money? As he kind of hold, fans it out in front of her. And she's like, oh, no. Plastic is much cleaner. See, this is 1988, so I think definitely credit cards were very prevalent. I mean... I rarely even carry cash on me now. Just It's so much easier to just use your, your, your card and everything. Granted, it's also a great way to uh, go overboard on spending and stuff, but yeah. See, money is nothing to this guy. He doesn't care. It's just spend, spend, spend. He just has, like, big dollar signs in his eyeballs like Scrooge McDuck. But at least Scrooge McDuck can be talked down to his senses from the nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. This guy, Alex, heck no. So, Henry kind of lets him know, the reason I'm here is I manage the apartment building on, what do you say, Pierce Street? And one of the tenants, her rent is going up 60%, which I think is a little bit too much. Is there any way you can kind of knock it down a little bit to make it a little more, you know, affordable? So he goes over to this little dink computer. Remember, 1988, we didn't have these beautiful flat-screen monitors. We had this itty-bitty 8-inch monitor with the green font. So Kramer pops the information into his uh, computer there. He kind of reads her file as in, okay, she, apartment 3C. She is a registered nurse. She's a nurse. And he's looking at her yearly income, like, hey, apparently, according to this, it says that she can afford the rent increase. Not to mention, she can also afford two meals a day plus four dresses a year or something. D does it even say that she's got a grandchild? This guy doesn't care. He's like, oh, well, she can make this happen or she can go. And Henry gets right up in the, well, not in his face, but he, he basically is insistent, like, well, if you kick her out, you're kicking me out. And Kramer does not even bat an eye. He's like, okay, you're going, bye. Like, oh, Henry, you should have kept your mouth shut. Now you're both screwed. Oh, my goodness. This guy is the devil in my eyes. He is pure, evil, Satan, worship, devil man. He's got no heart. He's got no heart. Coca-Cola's making a reappearance in the apartment. Oh, I just hit my laptop. Because <laughs> uh, Cherry is coming in from the kitchen in the apartment. Brandon's chilling on his little cushion there. Coca-Cola, I love my Diet Coke. But I'll drink Pepsi if I have to. <laughs>
Jeremy likes a Pepsi in the Mountain Diet Mountain Dew. You know, he drinks Diet because he's a diabetic. But, you know, um, I mean, I'll drink it. I'll drink it. I don't have any qualms about it, but I'm a Coca-Cola person all the way. Diet Coke, yes, woo! So I'm going to play this clip as uh, Cherry's like, you know, Misery really loves company. I thought Grandma and I were going to be thrown out on the streets by ourselves. But now, hey, you and Henry are going to join us. I love Punky's pants. Well, they're kind of like, um, they're stretchy fabric pants. They got numbers, like different color numbers all over them. I love her style. Um, apparently, um, what Cherry's saying is not making Punky feel any better. Oh, sweetie, I'm, guys, I'm sorry. Oh, it's breaking my heart. Okay, I'm going to play this clip. Cherry sits down, you know, and they're talking about, you know, being, she's talking about being thrown out on the street together, and Punky's like, that really doesn't help, let's look at some more apartments, one of them is a house that's got four bedrooms, three baths, you just need a roof and move right in. Yeah, $100 a month? Yeah, I can see why, it clearly probably needs a lot of work. Yeah. You're looking at apartments, not houses. So, uh, there's a knock at the door. Punky opens it, and who is it? It's Margo, and boy, does she look apprehensive. And I'm like, well, you should be. Girl, you got a lot of nerve showing your face around there. A lot of nerve. Hi. May I come in? Why not? It's your building. No, it isn't. It's Daddy. Cherry, I try to get him to change his mind about raising a but all I got from him was, friendship and money don't mix. That sounds like something he'd say. No, he didn't say it. He has it printed on his business card. <laughs> well, I just wanted you to know that I'm on your side. And I'll do anything I can to help. Hold it, Margo. You'll do anything to help us? Certainly. Anything? Uh-oh. Well, what did you have in mind? I think you'd better sit down for this. Remember that movie we saw in social studies? The one where those college students were protesting a nuclear power plant? Yeah, they chained themselves to a fence. What if we do that in your father's office? ourselves to. How does that keep us from losing our apartments? Marco's dad won't like the publicity. It'll be in newspapers and maybe even on TV. Who'll be on TV? Your dad will be so embarrassed he won't want to raise rent. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't want to embarrass my own father. But on the other hand, Television exposure is important. about what I said about Margot having no real redeeming quality. She has a little one. Little, little, little baby-sized one. As she says, you know, I'll do anything to help, you know, to help fix this. I talked to my dad. He's not going to listen to me. He says business and friendship doesn't mix. And Terry's like, well, yeah, that sounds like what's not your dad would say. And actually, it turns out he prints it on the back of his business card. 
Okay. Yeah, still big slime ball there. Mm-hmm. So Punky actually kind of brings up, because Margo says, you know, I'll do anything to make this right. Just tell me what to do. And Punky's like, really? You'll do anything? Like, And Cherry's like, oh, no. I see where this is going. So Punky kind of says, hey, remember in social studies class when we watched that movie about the uh, college protesters for a nuclear plant? Well, they were against the nuclear plant. They uh, chained themselves to a fence, and they got on TV and exposure and all that stuff. And Punky's like, why don't we do that? Chain ourselves to something in your dad's office. That way he'll take us seriously. We'll get the news crew there and everything. Your dad isn't going to like the publicity, so we can hopefully get this rent reduced. I think that that will really help. And, of course, Margo's like, I don't want to go against my father, but the um, idea of being on television is too much. She's like, I, I gotta be on TV. This is my dream. I have to. I cannot resist stardom. She is America's sweetheart, after all. You know, I mean, she's always said that. That's her catchphrase, her, her line, if you will. That's her go-to line. So, the girls got flashlights, and they are coming out of the elevator. It is pitch dark. You see something that says, Trans World something Kramer with a couple globes there. You can barely even make that out. Well, it was dark for a second, and then the lights came on. It's like, they didn't hit a light switch, so it was a motion, like, motion sensor with the light or something like that. Oh, there's a couple names there. One says, like, Kenneth Jackson. The other one says Michael something or other. Oh, and they got Brandon there, too. He's going to take part in this because, you know, after all, they will need protection if there are security guards there, which I'm surprised there are not security guards. Cherry, of course, thinking about food, definitely. It's got the picnic basket. You know, I don't know how many hours they're going to be there. They could get hungry. They might need some sustenance. Uh-oh. So, there's a weird growling sound. At first, I thought it was somebody's stomach. But Margo's like, oh, no, it's Gwendolyn. It's my dad's attack dog. Okay. So, I'm going to play this clip. So, that's why they must have brought Brandon. Well, good thing they brought Brandon for backup then. Brandon's astrological sign is he's a Taurus, and Gwendolyn is a Virgo. Hey, I'm a Virgo! Yay, Virgos! All the way! So, they open the door. Gwendolyn, who is a Doberman, comes out, and Brandon it's already got the elevator door open. They both just kind of skedaddle. And Margo and Cherry are like, well, where are they going? And Punky's like, oh, they're going to a singles bar somewhere. So they do open the um, Benjamin Kramer, you know, Margo's father's door so they can kind of get set up. Something big and heavy. Something that's impossible to move. We should have brought Nell Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Nell Carter? Yeah, 
just call for help. Can you reach the phone? Oh, oh good news, I can reach it. Bad news. Dad. We're all gonna be dead if we don't get out of here. Margo, calm down. I don't want to end up a crispy critter. Hookie, this is all your fault. And if we weren't gonna die, I'd kill you. Look, we gotta keep our heads. The worst thing we can do in this situation is panic. You're right. in and of course they're trying to decide what to tie them you know handcuff themselves to cherry suggests the little lamp over there which punky's like no they'll just unplug it we need something heavy that won't move of course they had to throw in a nell carter joke nell carter from give me a break it's always you know the fat shaming it's the 80s i i i'm so happy we are mostly past that fat shaming stuff so, if you listen to right when um, Margot says Nell Carter for the first time, this is clearly filmed in front of a live studio audience, because you hear some kid towards the end, he's saying something like, like this is funny, or blah, 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 blah. It's like, wow. <laughs> uh, anyway, they handcuff themselves to the safe, and everything's going great, you know, they got, you know, Cherry brought a bunch of, like, candy, cookies, chips, you name it, she brought it. I noticed, oh, she also brought sandwiches. What about something to wash it down with? You're going to get thirsty. Oh, my gosh. What if them, one of them eventually has to pee? That is going to be a problem. Um, everything's going along swimmingly until they see smoke outside the window. Now, remember from when they showed an outside exterior shot, they showed this building is way, way up. They had to take an elevator to get up there. And they're seeing smoke coming from the side of the building, as in, did somebody set a fire? Something caught on fire down below? The girls are freaking because they are handcuffed to that safe. It can't move. They're like, we're going to die. We're going to die. They're all panicking. They're freaking out. And Punky even says, the floor is like, my feet are burning. And they're like, oh, get the, um, the jackets, which are, you can't, she can't reach, Cherry can't reach them. She's like the farthest, farthest, and she can't even reach them because they're past the desk. Well, they're like, hey, how about that phone? Cherry gets the phone. Unfortunately, it's dead. And the girl's like, get on the floor, get on the floor. And then you see smoke kind of coming up from underneath the door, which they're all freaking out. like, we're going to die here. It's. Oh, <laughs> and they can't move. So, yeah, panic is going to set in. They're freaked. And finally, the sprinklers above have been set off by the smoke coming into the room and everything. So they're getting drenched with water. Soleil and Cherry, I don't know why, but they look like they are having a blast. It's almost like they can't keep the smiles from their faces. Like, yes, water. And, of course, Margo's got to say, oh, I just got this hairdo. It's $80. Because, of course, it is. It's Margo. So, the girls are finally rescued by a, a fireman as Henry and Betty are there. Punky, what possessed you to pull such a stupid stunt? Henry, you always told me if I had a problem, I should use punky power. <laughs> Short it out this time. That's why for the next month, you and your punky power will be grounded. But we couldn't let Mr. Kramer kick us out of our home. Sweetheart, are you all right? And what have these 
school and it takes time to you. Now, see here, Kramer. Now, you see here. I was just at a fancy party with lots of wonderfully rich people. And now I'm standing in a swamp that used to be my office. The only reason I'm not having you all arrested is because my little daughter's involved. Daddy, I wanted to be here. I'm on their side. Oh, no, you're delirious, my little dove. You don't know what you're saying. Your hair is wet. I do know what I'm saying. These are good friends, and they're more important than business. Well, your mommy and I have friends, but they have the good taste not to need us. These friends do need me, and I want to help them. I see. So you, uh, actually like these people? Yes. <laughs> well, I've never denied you anything. If this uh, friendship thing's that important to you. Can they get stay in their little apartment? Of course. Yeah. What does he want? <laughs> he wants to know how much money you're going to charge us. Well, I suppose it wouldn't have to be a 60% increase. Uh, maybe 30%. Or 20. All right, 10. Hold it, I'm negotiating with a dog. Would you forget the increase if I made a sacrifice for my friends? A big sacrifice. Like what? Like, for one full year, I'll do my own... nails. You will? Actually, that'll save you a lot more than gouging these poor people. <laughs> yeah, but it won't be as much fun. So Henry is helping dry Punky off, and he's like, Punky, what possessed you to do this? What? Why would you do something this crazy? And she's like, Henry, you always said when I was in trouble that I should use Punky power. I love it! Season 4, we're getting a mention again of Punky power. So Henry's like, well, you and your Punky power are going to be grounded for a month because of this. Thank you. So, Mr. Kramer comes in. He's dressed to the nines in a suit. He was at some lavish party with rich people. And Margot is like, Daddy, these are my friends. And he's like, you actually like these people? And he, he basically says, you know, if you weren't friends with my daughter, I'd have you all arrested. So, Brandon goes over to the cash register and hits it. Pops open the drawer, and he <laughs> ends up getting into a negotiating the rent increase with Mr. Kramer, which he's like, I'm negotiating with a dog. Basically, he says there's going to be no rent increase after he's like, what? How is this? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, and Margo's like, Daddy, these are my friends. He's like, you like these people? And she's like, yeah. And... He says, you know, there's not going to be a rent increase, and it's all good. And she says, you know, how about for a year, I agree to do my own. And she puts her hair, hand up to her hair, but then she's like, uh, my nails. I'll do my nails, my own nails for a year. And he's like, well, it's like, yeah, I would rather honestly, well, do my own. Uh, I don't do anything special with my nails. I don't grow my nails out. They are nubs. I want them to be nubs. Um, I only grew them out and barely for my wedding picture. That was it. Um, but, yeah, I, I couldn't resist, you know, going to getting my hair cut. I always get my hair shampooed and conditioned. I love it. It's so relaxed, especially if you get a good person, not someone who's in a hurry. So, um, but, yeah. And everyone hugs him, and he's like, ah, oh, these people are hugging me. Stop hugging me. So, I wonder what happened to Gwendolyn, the Doberman. Is she gone? Because she doesn't make a reappearance. But that's pretty much it. You know, problem solved, which is good. So, that is the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. As far as for my Brandon Tailwake episode rating, I'm giving it... 
I'm going to give it 4 out of 5. I liked that she used Punky Power. I, I liked that that was brought up. I liked Brandon and Gwendolyn. I liked how uh, Margot convinced you know her dad, like, hey, I like these people. Please don't make them have to move. I like the girls all... Um, I like them all chained together and then the water coming down. I thought that was... Oh, and the thing I didn't mention with the um, the potato chips, how they're all kind of like Margo and Sherry are on either side of Punky and they're trying to eat potato chips. Well, Punky's trying to get one, but she gets pulled... Her arms get pulled out to the sides as Sherry and Margo are trying to eat potato chips. So it's kind of a funny sight gag there. Um, the thing I didn't like... I did not like... Mr. Kramer at all. Even at the end, he was so hesitant. He just treats people like they're nothing. And it's so cruel. Unless they have money, they don't matter in his eyes. And that is so terrible. That is a terrible way to think about people. Um, as far as for Punky's principles go, um, rent increase happens not 60%, but it happens just... I mean, you know your own lease and everything like that. You know rent increases happen. Just kind of make sure you're kind of ready for it when it does. Or whether you decide, hey, maybe I should downsize and kind of find a different place. You know, it's about, you know, that's your home and stuff like that. And I've moved how many times? So I moved from my childhood home to my first apartment i moved from my first apartment to jeremy in his mom's townhome then i moved from there to jeremy's and i my first apartment then we moved from the apartment to the house so i moved four times jeremy's moved um teen million times because his dad was in the air force so yeah um, all right let's say hey to some warm wonder some Punky Power listeners for the week. I can't keep it straight. All right, we have Bakersfield, California, Oxford, Mississippi, Pasadena, California, Georgetown, Canada, Reno, Nevada, Durant, Oklahoma. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. Spain, Greensboro, North Carolina, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Now I'm going to tell you what's coming up for Saturday. Let me get it here. That's not what I'm looking for. Here we go. All right, guys, this is a serious episode coming up Saturday. Season 4, episode 16, entitled Bad Dog which aired on May 18th, 1988. Brandon's behavior receives complaints from other tenants, which is odd because Brandon is a pretty chill dog. He's never had any real issues going on until recently. And I'd like to know, who are these other tenants? Really? Because I can only think of one, which is the main focus of the episode. So, that being said, uh, everyone have a great we're almost at the weekend so thursday let's get through this let's get through friday because i'm ready for the weekend i'm ready for the annual comes every year i'm so excited the annual uh food uh food prep thing that comes to our town so I'm really excited. Realize I need to get a little more money because I got to see some of the vendors that are going to be there. And I'm like, okay, there's this. I want to try that and that and that and that and that. So a lot of good things. There's even going to be a butter chicken pizza. And I'm like, oh, yes, yes. I love butter chicken. So, all right, guys have, and gals, have a great Thursday afternoon and evening. Bye-bye.